It's a great day to flex your freedom. I'm your host, Barb Allen. Today, I have the huge pleasure of sitting down with somebody who lives, breathes, and executes one of my most often used philosophies, and that is that humor is one of the most underutilized tools, weapons, resources we have in in resilience and adversity and in just getting through one moment and sometimes in connecting with other people. Often, sometimes things are so absolutely absurd. It's hard. It's almost like there's nothing left to do but laugh at it, right? But once once you're done laughing at what's not funny, we need to get to some solutions. And sometimes the only thing that can expose the absurdity of a situation is to find a laugh through it. There are very few people who do that with a perfect blend of fact and funny and the delivery that is required for people to pay attention and for the content to really connect with them. That is what we appreciate so much about today's guest, J.P. Sears. J.P. Sears is a conservative comedian. You have definitely seen him online, Awaken with J.P. His videos are all over every social media platform. He has tours across the country, and he talks about free speech and fun. He stands up for conservative values, points out the lunacy in in insane ways. It's just perfectly on point. J.P., we're so happy to, to have kind of so I subtly stalked you into this interview. So thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. Well, I feel deeply violated, but I feel paid attention too. So Stockholm syndrome, it, it really works well. I'm happy to be here bonding with you, Barb. I you are my it. captor. Uh, but no, it's I'm honored to be here and honored by the the amazing words you just shared. And man, I'm I'm just such a fan of you having such a potent voice for the freedom movement. I I think freedom, it's what makes life worth living. I think freedom is God's way. So uh, I love what you do. And I'm honored that I get to be here talking with you, sister. Thank you. Well, we're trying. We're small voice, but every voice matters here, I guess. Um, So and actually, you just touched on a little bit, probably the first thing I was going to ask you. And because this is different for everybody, this is the Flex Your Freedom show. I know you have a shirt that says Flex Your Freedom. So that's cool. There is some synergy in this Stockholm uh, condition here that that we got going on. But I would like to ask you, in your mind, soul, life, philosophy, what does freedom mean? Because this is what you speak on is freedom. So when you say the word freedom, we all toss that about, but what does that actually mean to you? Matt, that's a, a great question. I mean, in a few words, I would say freedom is honoring the gift from God that we were given and living it. And uh, I could also put a couple other bullet points on there is uh, freedom is the Uh, I guess, the space, the state of mind to be a sovereign individual. I also think freedom is uh, what's necessary if we're going to be happy, fulfilled people living on purpose. So uh, I do think freedom is God's way. I think control being the opposite of freedom. uh, I think that's Satan's way. And the human ego often likes to perpetuate Uh, control dramas. So nonetheless, freedom is the gift that makes life worth living. And and that's why the the brave men of 1776 realized there's something worse than death. Uh, And that thing is living a life without freedom. So they knew, well, it's better to die on my feet than live on my knees because living on my knees, it's not actually living. You're existing in a state that is 
eventually people realize it's worse than death. That's why if someone's deprived of their freedom long enough, brave people in 1776, they get to a point where they're They don't want to die, but they say it's worth taking the risk of dying uh, in the name of obtaining the thing that makes life worth living. So good luck deciphering anything from that definition I just gave. But those are uh, a couple thoughts I've got on what freedom is. No, I love it. And that's good. That's that's why we asked, because it's really interesting to hear how every individual breaks that word down. I toss freedom about a lot and I get sort of like a little worked up when it's tread upon because, you know, my family has given so much for the sake of freedom that people are just throwing away. So to that point, I, I have no problem identifying what has kind of what was my tipping points and why I'm doing what we're doing here with our with our show and our event and our community even though it's brutally hard, I know why I'm doing it. I know what's driving me, but I'm curious to know what is driving you to use your platform in a way that you don't have to, you had a huge following, a great career and all this. And so, and I'm curious to know if there were any ripple effects or side effects of you coming out to use your platform in the way you have, but what was a tipping point for you to begin using your platform and this career, which I imagine has not been easy to build Uh, and perhaps it was put at risk a little by doing what you're, what you're doing. So what was the tipping point for you? Yeah. Have you ever heard of something called COVID? No, but COVID and the whole pandemic was really my tipping point. So the spring of 2020 before that, I, you know, in a way I lightly stood for freedom. I would look at political correctness, which I would now call just Marxism, but I didn't know to call it that at the time. And I'd rail against that with my comedy, like, hey, you know, free thinking, free speech is important. And with this politically correct nonsense, you're trying to control people doesn't really work for me. But it wasn't I didn't really know the mission at that point. But then fast forward to the spring of 2020. And here we have a pandemic. And that was the first time in my life where I was really consciously aware as an American, freedoms are being eroded. And I know a little bit about history, so I can see the historical patterns. And when you know about historical patterns, you can recognize the pattern that you're in. You might be in the beginning 10% of it, but you can recognize the pattern before it plays out over 5, 10, 20 years. So I recognize the pattern we're in. It's a pattern of tyranny. And I knew where that would go if we allow it. Where's it going to go? Just like a history is the best teacher. Just more and more freedoms being eroded and uh, people are being controlled and oppressed by tyrants who weren't held enough as children. So that, that really helped me realize freedom is my number one value. And I didn't know that prior to COVID because I took it for granted. Not proud of that, but to be honest, I realized I was taking freedom for granted. Like, Hey, we're in America, like freedom's everywhere. And like, uh, we don't have to worry about it. They did that back in 1776 constitution. Don't worry about it. But then I realized, yeah, that was very arrogant and entitled and uninformed. So along with the COVID times where I see our freedoms being eroded, 
On April 7th, 2020, uh, the tipping point got tippier for me. <laughs> That's the day I found out my wife was pregnant with our first child or little boy. And I'm sure parents out there uh, can relate to it where when you find out you have a child coming into this world, something changed. And it's kind of like I realized like too cool, like my life isn't just about me anymore. And it's not just about like doing my best to serve and be kind. It's about realizing God has trusted me to be the steward of this precious soul. And I had the awareness pretty quick. Oh, there's a conversation I'm not willing to have with my son one day where I have to explain to him two things. One, what freedom was. And two, why his father didn't do anything about it while he had a chance. And that was something I, I just, man, it, it really drove me because I, I realized like, oh, you know, my little boy and other people's children, they're not in the position where they're getting to decide what their future looks like. We are doing that. The protectors are doing that or not. We, we have the pen in hand. We're authoring what their future will look like. It's one where they're either bathing in freedom or one where they're having to have what freedom was explained to them. And that, that in my lifetime, that's the first time freedom became a political issue where for all intents and purposes, the right was pro-freedom and the left very anti-freedom, which blew my mind because I'm like, this is America. I thought both sides agreed on freedom, might disagree on policies and shit on how to implement it. But it's like, all right, freedom's a political issue. Blows my mind. It shouldn't be, but it is. I've got this platform, but more importantly, I've got uh, an awareness of what I'm inspired, I think inspired by God to voice and stand for and and contribute to you know, the, the betterment of our world and lives for our children and ourselves. So uh, at that time when I realized like, okay, apparently I'm getting in the world of politics with my work, I had a fear. And the fear was, I'm going to divide my audience. I'm going to lose a bunch of my audience. Yep. This is inherent standing for what's right is inherently going to be bad for business, but there's no choice in the matter. I got to do it. I'm willing to lose what I've got in the name of following my call and standing for freedom. That was my fear. And oddly enough, I couldn't have been more wrong. It, it turns out standing for freedom. It's, it's the best thing I've ever done for business. My audience started growing even more rapidly, uh, selling out comedy shows all over the place. And, and standing for freedom by no means was a strategy for business. Not that smart, but it turned, you know, the very thing that I thought would be bad for business turned out to be great for business. And for me, the lesson there that anyone can relate to is when you have the awareness to hear what your calling is, and then you have the courage to take action and voice the truth God supports us in whatever way that shows up. And there's challenges along the way, but I think God always supports in one way or another, those who have the courage to 
stand for truth. I'm not talking about, you know, some blue haired person with sensitive feelings, like what their truth is. No, I'm talking about truth in the sense of what is the reality that comes from God? So long story short, COVID was really my tipping point. I, I really woke up and I realized, dude, I've been falling for propaganda, not necessarily COVID propaganda, never fell for that, but other propaganda. And it, so it was really, it, so I, it's like I lost some of the sovereignty of my thinking. I lost some of my freedom. Nobody's fault but mine. I'm the one that fell for it. So I, um, as much as it was screwed up, evil, unconstitutional, I am grateful for the COVID times. It seems wild now. Every time I think about it, I still look back and I'm like, I, I cannot believe that happened. Did you ever see news stories back in the day where they speak about a trauma or a murder and everyone's like, you never think it'll happen to you, right? And that always annoys uh, me because I'm like, well, why not? Like, why wouldn't it happen to you? But yeah, I did the same I thing. Right? I, this would never happen to me. It happens in Germany in the 1930s. Right? I did the same thing. I'm like, that will never happen here. I'm like, the one thing I can guarantee is that all that craziness will never happen here. I believe that for all the problems we have, we are a sanctuary of freedom. I thought that would never change. And yet it was like overnight, it, it just vanished. It was just gone. And when I saw so many people just lining up to hand it over, just, yes, take it. You want me to stay home? I'll stay home. You want me to turn on my mother for not getting vaccinated? I'll turn on her. I'll do that. I'll, I'll cut her out from a wedding. I'll tell, I, I still cannot believe I'm still like sort of reeling in shock of, of what has happened. And I don't know how to come back from this. I don't know how to come back from what's happening at the border now, for instance. I don't know that we make it another two years under this. And it's, to me, it is very concerning. It's getting harder and harder to find the humor in it because I feel like it's just getting more and more serious and deeper and deeper. So do you have in your own head as you're watching things, for instance, on the day this is recording, we got up and Title 42 was abolished overnight. This is the first day with no Title 42. I see disaster on our horizon. And, yeah. you know, I'm like... I don't know how to find the funny in it. You know, how, how are you going to find, how are you going to find a way to convey this in a way that is still true to your comedic roots? I mean, where do you, where do you dig deep to find the way to find the humor in such serious situations? Yeah. I mean, that that's a, a good question and it, it's certainly tough. It, uh, one thing I, I do my best to do, just to preface the actual answer, I don't try to use humor to bypass the reality uh -huh. and pain of what's going on, because then I think humor is working against us. I think humor is best used to take us in the direction of truth and reality, as tough and scary as that is rather than using it to bypass escape and like pretend nothing's going on. Let's just right. laugh. And now we're in denial and we're actually more vulnerable if we're in denial, not aware. So with humor and seriousness of the situation, as tough as, as it is, I, I like to remind myself, they're not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. We can laugh while seriousness is happening. And, and I find the, 
the best way to laugh at something that's just like you mentioned, Title 42, what the hell? What is actually happening? There's nothing funny about it. Yeah. But using humor to point out the lies, hypocrisy, and corruption of the people implementing really destructive things is typically kind of like the the lens that I look through with humor. So, you know, when, when we can point out the lies and the hypocrisy and, and point out not what their narrative is, but what appears to be their actual reality and motive. Cool. We, we just had a little humor, but it exposed a, more likely a deeper truth. And therefore it's like, cool, now we're more aware, we're making more progress. We can hopefully take more informed actions. So hopefully we had a laugh or two along the way, but most importantly, we're going in the direction of um, awareness and truth with the humor. So that that's the, for something as serious as what's going on at the border, that's the only way I know how to actually laugh at it when the laughter has a a purpose and a direction that will actually help us cool uh let's laugh it's good too because i i think i have found anyway that when you're able to laugh about something just to be able to disrupt for a minute the stress and anxiety like because we see something and we're instantly stressed about it, but if we can, and, and then the stress and the anxiety can overtake us and we sort of shut down. But if you're able to laugh about it for a second, that sort of disrupts the stress, the anxiety, the anger, and gives you a beat to like, okay, now I can focus on it. Right. It feels like a little safer to go in and, and dig into an issue. If you're like, okay, at least there's still some humanity behind us. At least, you know, we're not giving up that spirit and we're not, surrendering to this like menace and this depression that's coming our way. It's, it feels like a little rebellious, almost like a little bit of resistance. Like I know, I feel like we're trying to be, there's an effort to crush the human soul a little bit out there. And when we can find other people to connect with and to laugh with in the face of this, I think we win just for a minute. I I think we win. I I agree. When we're laughing at something like with what's going on in the world, we're taking our power back. We're taking our freedom back because we all know the, the way tyranny works in our present day world is they control people with fear. Mm -hmm. It's like, I get this horrible vaccine or you're going to die. Look at this death toll at the bottom of CNN. Let's rub that in your face. (laughs) People are motivated by fear. The only way to enslave people outside of physical chains is to control them with fear. And, A big mistake I think a lot of freedom lovers make, and I make this mistake at times as well, is we fall into the fear programming. It's like we're we're not necessarily motivated to get the vaccine through the fear mongering, but we fall into a fearful state of mind because of what the globalists are doing or the pharmaceutical companies or the government are doing. And when we do that, or we look at the border like, yes, I, I feel fear about where this could go and what's happening there. And that means we are bowing down and consenting to the frame of the tyrants. All they want to do is instill fear. What you're motivated to do from that fear. Yeah. They've got their preference, like be obedient, but as a a freedom lover, if we're just stuck in a state of fear, which is so easy to happen, Mm -hmm. the more aware and awake we become, 
then we're in the obedient mindset. It doesn't mean we're going to obey, but we've given our power away. So the laughter helps break that a bit because you can't be fearful and laughing simultaneously. They are mutually exclusive. So even if it's just for a minute, we're laughing at something that's like bringing our head above the water. We're getting a breath of air. We're breathing in freedom. And then we take that back down with us. Obviously, the the more we can do that, and laughter is not the only way, right. um, but the better. One other thing that I'll just say, because I'm a narcissist and I want to hear myself talk more, Barb. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to point it out, but the- <laughs> <laughs> along with laughter being a tool to break out of the frame of fear and be in a state of mind and state of being of freedom. I also think reconnecting to our purpose, because when you just imagine a typical story of like the fierce warrior, they're going into a battle or behind enemy lines, we're like, dude, that is so scary. Yeah, they probably have some fear, but they would never do that if they weren't highly connected to their greater purpose, their why that they're doing this. So, you know, what's going on at the border and all the tyrannical stuff. That's what we want to move away from, but we got to remind ourselves, what are we wanting to move towards? And that's going to be laced with our purpose, getting there, you know, a beautiful place where our friends, our family and our children are free and sovereign, reminding ourselves that's my purpose. That's a much more empowering state of mind rather than just being in fear and reacting to what we don't want. And I need that reminder way more than I give myself. But along with laughter, I think reaffirming, becoming more aware, just affirming to ourselves what our purpose is, that's very helpful because um, then we're, I would dare say, guided by God, not guided by fear. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And all of those things are messages and lessons that I've had to sort of step back and learn myself. The heart. And just like you said, to remind myself of every day, you know, we're taking a path here that's really hard. Like we're swimming upstream in a very powerful current. And there are days when we're like, why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, why are we trying? And that happens That happens on its own in an entrepreneurial journey when you're trying to build a business or a platform or a name or a brand. That happens anyway. But when you couple that with all of the thing, all of the extra forces working against the message that you're putting out there. So I get that. And I'm glad that you said that because I think that's something that we all kind of need to remind ourselves of every day. I love that you talk about your faith too. I love that you're not afraid. And isn't it crazy how speaking about faith is now also somehow vilified? Like even yeah. when you speak, do you, or have you personally experienced that? Yeah, well, we all know we need more faith in the world. We need more people be- believing in Scientology. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was I, you know, I agree. I remember back when politicians would lie about their faith. In, in other words, like they're facading that they're, they have more faith than what they actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it does seem to be the opposite where there seems to be a very deliberate minimization of mentioning God. And when I say politicians, I'm talking about leftist Democrats and where they're, 
it's like, okay, now it's, they're doing the opposite. They're deliberately removing God from the conversation. And I believe that's because communism, you know, the, the leftists in our country, they're, they're not Democrats. They are communists. They don't say that because communism still has a bad comment, commu, uh, connotation because it is a bad thing. But the, the leftist politicians who are giving classical liberals and classical Democrats a bad name, they're implementing communism. And the, one of the first things that communism does in order to take root and hold, they disconnect people from God. They ban religions, they outlaw them, they burn religious books. And of course, there's going to be propaganda with that. Part of that propaganda will have an absence of God. And then other parts of the propaganda will be you know, more deliberately uh, shaming people, intimidating them, coercing them to take their faith out of God and put their faith into the government. Because if someone knows God is on their side and God is the ultimate source of truth, it is way harder to put your faith, dependency, and trust in a politician who looks untrustworthy and is untrustworthy. We are, we are children from God. We need to have a relationship from God. And the predatory tactics of communism preys on that. They try to blind us to God over here and insert themselves um, in the position where they know people have a human need to have a relationship with a higher power. Now, a communist government makes a really crappy substitute for a communist power. And then uh, uh, there, were, there were statistics that came out not too long ago. I know the Daily Wire published them. But in the past 50 years, uh, Demi uh, the uh, belief in God has dramatically fallen. It used to be, uh, I, I think it was like, I might be slightly off by a few percentage points, but I believe it used to be 92% of Democrats believed in God. Now it's just 68%. And conservative belief in God is still very high. Um, but on the Democrat side, it's really fallen. That doesn't happen by accident. That is absolutely a deliberate consequence of the propaganda that they've been running. So long story short, for freedom lovers, we need to remind ourselves God is on our side. The more we do our best to serve God, the better off we are. Because anyone, no matter what political party they call themselves, if you are a freedom loving person, you are on the side of God. And I say that because freedom is God's way. We're born with freedom. God gifts us free will. God, or Freedom is an expression of God. Evil, just the opposite. It's about control, constriction. And, and that's the exact opposite. So sometimes, lastly, I'll say, sometimes I'll have moments of pessimism because I'll look at what the evil people are controlling and all the weapons they have. Okay. They have the weapon of controlling the whole mainstream media. Now it's pretty close to hundred percent. They got rid of Tucker Carlson. So it's like, all right, that's pretty exclusively controlled here by evil people. They control big tech. They control governments. They have trillions of dollars. What do we have? Nothing to compete with that directly, but we have something more potent we have God. So they, they control a lot that you can measure, but uh, 
we have God on our side, which just how can you measure God's power? You can't because it's immeasurable. So long story short, aligning ourselves with God, having faith in God, and also the peace of mind, just to remind ourselves God is on our side. That is, I I don't think there's ever been a a time where that's been more important uh, in our country. No, I don't think so either. Not in our country. Definitely not in my lifetime. So yeah. And whether or not it, that, I think when people hear that, they think, oh, well then if that was true, this would all be resolved quickly or in our favor. And I'm like, I don't think that that means that having God on our side doesn't mean that the left isn't going to, for some period of time, decimate this country and hard times are not coming. Right. I think, I think people need to remember that having faith doesn't mean having faith only that it's all going to be okay the way we want it to be immediately, right? We might not see it ever corrected in our lifetime, but if we continue pushing back and standing up for what we believe in and know to be true, maybe our kids and our grandkids will not be swept down this path that this country is going. And that's important to remember. Yeah. You know, have faith in God, but move your feet because God gave you feet to move his will through you. And, and as you mentioned, I, I think it's certainly an inaccurate mistake to sit back and expect a divine intervention. Right. Like, okay, like, let's have Fauci appear in jail and like, let's have <laughs> yeah, right. all the injustices done to Americans, how constitution being stepped on all over the place. Let's just like make that perfect all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Oh, God's not doing that. Where is God? Well, here's where God is. Do you feel the courage you have in your body, your soul, whether you're using or not? That's that's from God. And God gave us courage so that we can actually have the fortitude to express God's will. So when we're looking for God, we have to look inside of ourselves because we have God-given attributes that are designed so we can better express the will of God. And like you've mentioned, having doing our best to not be attached to the timeline because it can be frustrating. Like, dude, I've been, I've been courageous for a week right. now. <laughs> why, why is this not all fixed? Right. But you know, the farmer doesn't always, uh, uh, you know, see the fruit that he planted. Hopefully, we do. But I do know, like, man, uh, I think even better than giving myself freedom. Still have plenty to be grateful for. Even better than that is gifting freedom to my son right. and my grandchildren. So, yes, we need to do it for ourselves. We need to be motivated by that, but we also have to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves. So, doing it for our children and our grandchildren and other people's children, uh, I would say that not only matters just as much, I think that matters even more. Yeah. Awesome. JP, thank you so much. I feel like I could keep you here all day talking. Like I'm, I'm, I love talking about all this and I love talking about it with people who care and believe about it just as much as we do. I know you have a lot going on and I know you have a tour coming up now. Are you on tour now? Where can people go to find out how to get tickets to your shows and all that good stuff? Yeah, you. Uh, I do happen to be on tour right now. It's kind of a never-ending tour, a couple weekends a month. Uh, as of uh, right now, I'm in Oklahoma City doing shows. Um, but if anyone's interested in uh, coming out to see me live or looking at any of the Freedom merch I've got available, just 
everything's available on my website, awakenwithjp.com. Excellent. Um, we, we have to work to get you out to New York because if there is a state out there that needs to laugh a little, it's New York. <laughs> like we could, we could use, a, we could use some giggles here, JP. I, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty grim. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So yeah, maybe we'll see if we can magically get a JP Sears tour out here someday. But we appreciate you so much um, for everything you do, not just taking the time to sit down with us and to be so cool about it, but for standing the ground and helping us all tap into a little bit of fun along the way, because it's, it's exactly what's needed. We all have gifts. We all have value to add in our own way. And I love that you're tapping into the gift that you have in such a purposeful way. I think it's a great example for all of us. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Barb. And I appreciate you having me on. And I so appreciate you being a voice for freedom, common sense, truth. And to me, what's most inspiring about that is how it inspires others to do the same. I'm also excited for your event you have coming My up. My dogs. <laughs> they, dogs love to interfere with podcasts. <laughs> uh, but I'm so grateful for, for you inviting me out to speak to the event. Unfortunately, just as you know, scheduling, I'm, I'm not able to be there in person. But uh, man, I would just encourage folks out there, if you can make the event, go. You'll find a community of freedom-loving people. You'll be inspired and informed by speakers. You're going to connect to other like-hearted, freedom-loving people. So I'll be uh, suffering a little FOMO that I can't be there personally (laughs) on this one, but I'm so grateful that you're putting it on to be a light and an inspiration and a connection hub for freedom lovers. We're doing our best. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. Thanks so much, JP. 